Good evening, everybody. Uh, we want to welcome you to our Ash Wednesday service, both here and online. If you're with us online, welcome. Ash Wednesday begins the 40 days of preparation and self-examination of Lent as we move towards the cross and the empty grave. On Ash Wednesday, we are like Isaiah, seeing who we are in the light of God's majesty. We are mortal, frail, and dependent on the grace of God. We examine ourselves, allowing God's holy light to reveal our sin, leading us to come in repentance before God. We can be honest about our frailty, about the temptations and the weaknesses we face in this life. Ash Wednesday is also about recognising the God who saved us from sin and death. Jesus stared death in the face and won. So too, with Christ Jesus, we can stare death in the face and enter into the fullness of life that will not end when our mortal bodies die. Joel says this, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. The Colic for Ash Wednesday will be on the screen Behind me, do please say amen at the end. Holy God, our lives are laid open before you. Rescue us from the chaos of sin and through the death of your Son, bring us healing and make us whole. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. So let's stand and sing two songs as we gather this Ash Wednesday evening. Jesus Christ, I think upon your sacrifice, and then here is love, vast as the ocean. Please do stand to sing. I think upon your sacrifice, you became nothing, poured out to death. Many times I've wondered at your gift of life, and I'm in that place once again. I'm in that place once again. And once again I look upon the cross where you died. I'm humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside. Once again I thank you. Once again I pour out my life. Now you are exalted to the highest place, King of the heavens, where one day I'll bow. 
I'm full of praise once again. I'm full of praise once again. And once again I look upon the cross where you died. I'm humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside. Once again I thank you. Once again I pour out my life. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross, my friend. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross, my friend. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross, my friend. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross, my friend. And once again I look upon the cross where you died. I'm humbled by your mercy, and I'm broken inside. Once again I thank you, once again I pour out my life. Here is love, vast as the ocean, loving kindness as the flood. When the prince of life are ransomed, shed for us his precious blood. Who his love will not remember, who can cease to sing his praise? He can never be forgotten throughout heaven's eternal praise. On the mount of crucifixion, God gates opened deep and wide Through the flood gates of God's mercy Flowed a vast and gracious tide Grace and love like mighty rivers Flowed incessant from above Perfect justice, kill 
have a seat. We're going to uh, join in now with a responsive reading taken from Psalm 51. And uh, there are uh, sections for uh, you all to say and then sections where I will say some words from Psalm 51. So do join in where it says all. And so we begin. Have mercy on me, O God. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Have mercy on me, O God. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Have mercy on me, O God. Surely I was sinful at birth, yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Have mercy on me, O God. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Have mercy on me, O God. Create in me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Have mercy on me, O God. I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You are my saviour, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Have mercy on me, O God. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. Have mercy on me, O God. My sacrifice is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you will not despise. And so we'll stand to sing, Jesus, lover of my soul. Do stand to sing together.
shepherd of my soul. All consuming fire is in your gaze. I want you to know I will follow you all my days For no one else in history is like you And history itself belongs to you Alpha and Omega, you have loved me, and I will share eternity with you. It's all about you, Jesus, and all this is for you. For your glory and your fame, it's not about me. As if you should do things my way, you alone are God, and I surrender to your of my soul I will consuming fire is in your place Jesus I want you to know I will follow you all my days for no one else in history is like you, and history itself belongs to you. Alpha and Omega, you have loved me, and I will share eternity with all about you, Jesus, and all this is for you, for your glory and your fame, it's not about me, as if you should do things my way, you alone are God. And I surrender to your ways. It's all about you, Jesus. And all this is for you. For your glory and your fame, it's not about me. As if you should do things my way, you alone are God and I surrender.
to your ways. You alone are God, and I surrender to your You alone are God, and we surrender to your ways. Do you have a seat? The Bible reading this evening is taken from Joel, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and then 12 to 17. And Ursula will be preaching on this in a moment. So Joel, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And then 12 to 17. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and blackness like dawn spreading across the mountains, a large and mighty army comes, such as never was of old, nor ever will be in ages to come. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments, Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Consecrate the assembly. Bring together the elders, gather the children, those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the portico and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good evening, everyone, and good evening to those of you who are online. I think this is probably the fourth time I've preached on this passage, (laughs) but I resisted the temptation to just dig out an old sermon. (laughs) But some thoughts are similar because of the time of year it is and the passage it is. So as we've just heard, this passage from Joel 
called the Jews, the Jewish nation, to repent and return. And Peter quotes it in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost, where we're told that Peter's listeners were cut to the heart as he spoke. Did that passage cut us to our hearts, I wonder? I suspect not. At the time of Joel's writing, disaster was looming, and whether it was truly a plague of locusts or an allegory, we're not sure. But whatever they were facing, the prophet used it as an opportunity to challenge the population to return to worship, to repent of drifting away from God. We tend to think of our hearts as the emotional centre of our being, but in biblical Hebrew, the heart is where choices are made, where desires motivate And it's considered the seat of emotion and understanding. It's body, soul, and spirit. So to be cut to the heart was to be touched in every aspect of being. And although we don't face a plague of locusts, we are secure in the truth of our salvation. There is a message for us today in this passage, particularly during Lent, a time of preparation, a pilgrimage towards Good Friday and Easter Sunday, and then onward to Pentecost. Signing the cross in ashes on our foreheads, of course, is a sign of repentance and purification, and it represents how the human body turns to dust at our death. And although Lent isn't mentioned in the Bible, It came about in the early centuries of our faith. Many today find it helpful and observe it. Because the word Lent comes from the old English word Lenten, which means spring, a time of rebirth and growth, renewed hope. And so too can our observance of Lent be a time of renewed commitment and growth in our Christian journey our spiritual spring. A spring when we hear a call to examine ourselves, to discern where we have turned away from God, a call to deepen, to return to the fullness of our relationship with God. But to whom are we returning? Or running from? We have examples in the Bible of folk who try to run away from God. Jonah is the obvious one. And the Pharisees, it could be argued, turn away from God into legalism. But it could be argued that neither really understood the nature of God. But what about us? We might not actively run away, but what barriers do we erect in our lives to moderate our Christian walk and connection with the Almighty. In effect, are we saying, I come, but under my terms, God. A few years ago, I was drawn to spend time praying through the Ignatian spiritual exercises. 
For those who've not come across them, there are a series of 40 or so Bible passages that take us through the life of Christ as a retreat. Each passage shines a light into our lives. And it's as if the Holy Spirit holds a mirror up to our lives and searches us to see as we see a reflection of our true desires, godly or otherwise. And one of the first questions asked during the retreat is, who is my God? Of course, until we pass from this life to the next, our knowledge of the holy, almighty God is limited. And as Paul says, we see through a glass darkly. But why start a retreat asking that question? Because unless we recognize those false images of God we have, perhaps images drawn from our childhood, our human relationships, our misunderstanding of scripture, we can hold back from truly seeking God, fearful that he will treat us as our misunderstandings dictate or define our relationship with God through what we have experienced as those who will cause us, cause us harm or diminish us, for example. And it's only when we lay aside these can we truly trust our Almighty Father. When the Holy Spirit opens our eyes and we see just a glimpse of how God views those things we cling on to instead of putting our trust in him, we realize how awesome, how all-seeing God is. And that is why the retreat asks the question, who is your God? It's only if we understand as far as we're able that Almighty God truly loves us, wants his best for us, will forgive us, will not sever his relationship with us, that we can tread the path of retreat without fear and pray, Search me, O God. I will not run from you, my God. For myself, I started the section of the exercises that asks us to look at confession, repentance, and sin, thinking, I know I'm far from perfect, but I've not murdered anyone. I don't go out shoplifting. I try to live an honest life with integrity. I know that I sin, but such is the power of the Holy Spirit, though, when I asked him to search me, that themes and events that could only be labelled as sin and acknowledged as such bubbled up and I realised the depth of pain they had caused my relationship with God. So much so that although it wasn't a silent retreat, I had very little to say. How could I even begin to utter words of self-justification in the face of Almighty God? But it was the knowledge of God's promise that he forgives us if we confess, that he loves us, that his commitment to us goes even to the place of allowing his son to bear my sin that God is who he says he is and the discovery that he isn't shaped by preconceptions. He doesn't exist according to what image I have of him.
that gave me the confidence to journey through that time, to not run away and say, this is too hard, but instead to emerge with deeper understanding of sin and its impact and of the depth of God's love for me, warts and all. And there was another gift from that experience. Think of a forest fire. It looks as if the landscape is reduced to nothing but burnt earth and devastation and deadness. But very quickly, though, new life emerges. Seeds, perhaps buried for years, sprout. Some needed the fire to allow germination. And so it is in our lives. Burning away the rubbish allows fresh Holy Spirit gifts to emerge. I don't think it's at all an accident that the Holy Spirit is depicted as flames, as fire, descending on us. To take Ash Wednesday seriously, we need to recognise it does not mark the start of easy solutions, or as Bonhoeffer put it, to experience shallow grace. We travel instead through Lent with awareness of our own brokenness and the brokenness of the world around us. But also an awareness as well that we are secure in the saving grace of our redeeming God and that the journey through Lent will end with the celebration of Easter Day. So, Ash Wednesday, a call to confession, to reconciliation, But if we reconcile it to the same status as a dry January or vegan February or into just giving up chocolate or drink, alcoholic drink, then we miss the point. We miss the depth of meaning and doing business with God. I came across this question posed by an American bishop. What are you going to do between the time you get these ashes smudged on your forehead tonight and you actually become ashes? I'll rephrase it. What is God calling you and me to do and be between the time tonight when ashes get signed as a cross on our foreheads and the time when we return dust to dust and ashes to ashes? when we move from this life to the next, we who are called by Paul in Romans to be dead to sin but alive in Christ. And what is God going to birth in you in these fire-cleared spaces? We move on from Easter to Pentecost. Are we open to the anointing, the fresh anointing and fresh equipping of the Holy Spirit? Dare we, as a church, dream dreams for those around us, see visions and be God's prophetic voice in our community. As I draw to a close, there's another question I'd like to draw out from this passage. God's call through Joel was to all the people, the old, the young, the bride, the groom, to those who might reasonably have claimed exemption. They were to seek God together, move as a whole community. Is this, I wonder, the call God places on us as a community here in this place, this Lent?
Yes, we might have different theological views. We might find it easier to relate to some more than others. We might have very different opinions. But ultimately, God's hand is on us as his church here in this place. And as the epistle of James and as the epistle of James says, it's as we draw near to God, not only as individuals but also as a community, that Almighty God will draw near to us. The Almighty God, the creator of the universe. I hear the words of Jesus speaking from another Lent scripture, Matthew six thirty three. Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. And as I read these words, I'm challenged because I know there are times when I fall, fall so far short. Those words from Matthew search me and highlight my shortcomings. But they also tell me that change comes not from striving, from being seen to do the right thing by supporting the right causes for appearance's sake. Change comes from a change of heart, allowing the Holy Spirit to cut our hearts. It comes change from seeking first his kingdom and the movement of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God poured into our lives each and every day, each and every moment. I'll end by reminding us of a quote that speaks to me of Lent. And it's one you may have heard me use before. It's from Anselm, who was Archbishop of Canterbury at the turn of the 12th century. And this is what he said. Escape from your everyday business for a short while. Hide for a moment from your restless thoughts. Break off from your cares and troubles and be less concerned about your tasks and labours. Make a little time for God and rest a while in him. Enter into your mind's inner chamber. Shut out everything but God and whatever helps you to seek him. Stay with that. And when you have shut the door, look for him. Speak now to God and say with your whole heart, I seek your face, your face, Lord, I desire. Go into that place, that quiet place, says Anselm. Says Anselm to each one of us. Says God to each one of us. Speak to him, speak to God and say to him with your whole heart, I seek your face, your face, Lord, I desire. Amen. Thank you, Esther, very much indeed. A lot to think about. We're going to have now what is called the Litany of Repentance. Uh, it is quite long. 
Uh, and there's a lot that we're going to be saying and thinking through uh, following Ursula's talk as well. So uh, let's be in an attitude of prayer. And the words for in, that I invite you to join in with will be on the screen in bold. So let's just be quiet for a moment before we say these words. Let us now call to mind our sin and the infinite mercy of God. God the Father, have mercy on us. God the Son, have mercy on us. God the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Trinity of love, have mercy on us. Most merciful God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we confess that we have sinned in thought, word and deed. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. We have not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. Lord, have mercy. We have been deaf to your call to serve as Christ served us. We have not been true to the mind of Christ. We have grieved your Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy. Accept our repentance, Lord, for the wrongs we have done, for our blindness to human need and suffering, and our indifference to injustice and cruelty. Accept our repentance, Lord, for all false judgments for uncharitable thoughts towards our neighbours and for our prejudice and contempt towards those who differ from us. Accept our repentance, Lord, for our waste and pollution of your creation and our lack of concern for those who come after us. Accept our repentance, Lord. Restore us, good Lord, and let your anger depart from us. Favourably hear us, for your mercy is great. Accomplish in us the work of your salvation, that we may show your glory in the world. By the cross and passion of your Son, our Lord, bring us with all your saints to the joy of his resurrection. And so we say together, we have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us to amend what we are and direct what we shall be, that we may do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you, our God.
And so we come to the imposition of ashes. And the invitation is for you to come up and to have the ashes signed on your forehead in the sign of the cross. Um, I don't think anybody is going to guide you forward, so just come forward um, as you feel fit. Um, You don't have to come uh, to receive this, but the invitation is there if you would like to. In your mercy, Lord, you call us to the path of repentance. You remind us in your word that we are earth and dust. But you promise to lift the poor from the dust. And so I invite you to come and receive the sign of repentance. Please do come forward when you're ready.
Friends, the promises of God are true. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might be dead to sin and alive to all that is good. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Live now as new people, free to love God and our neighbor. And so we come to the peace. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us us access to his grace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let's share his peace with each other. Just as I am without one plea, but not that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me
just as I am, though tossed about with welcome, pardon, cleanse, relief, because thy promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as I am, thy love unknown, as broken every barrier down, now to be mine, yea, thine alone, O Lamb of God, I come, I As I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears within, without, O Lamb of God, I Just as I am, poor, wretched, blind, sight healing, ringing of the mind, yea, all I need in thee to find, O Lamb of God, I come. using Eucharistic prayer C. The Lord be with you. Also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and praise. It is indeed right. It is our duty and our joy at all times and in all places to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. For he is our great high priest, who has loosed us from our sins and has made us to be a royal priesthood to you, our God and Father. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and saying, Holy, 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 holy Lord, Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. All glory be to you, our Heavenly Father, who in your tender mercy gave your only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made there by his one oblation of himself once offered a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world. He instituted and in his holy gospel commanded us to continue a perpetual memory of his precious death until he comes again. Hear us, merciful Father, we humbly pray, and grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we receiving these gifts of your creation, this bread and this wine, according to your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ's holy institution, in remembrance of his death and passion, may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood, who in the same night that he is betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Therefore, Lord and Heavenly Father, in remembrance of the precious death and passion, the mighty resurrection and glorious ascension of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, we offer you through him this our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Grant that by his merits and death and through faith in his blood, we and all your church may receive forgiveness of our sins and all other benefits of his passion. Although we are unworthy through our manifold sins to offer you any sacrifice, yet we pray that you will accept this, the duty and service that we owe. Do not weigh our merits, but pardon our offenses and fill us all who share in this holy communion with your grace and heavenly blessing. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, by whom and with whom and in whom, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory be yours, almighty Father, forever and ever. Amen. And so we join in the prayer. Jesus has taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this, your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. So we'll continue our customers showing the bread from the table here, the wine from that side. I'm not entirely sure there's anybody on the road to distribute the wine. So if there's anybody, would you be there? Thank you, Richard. So do come forward when you are ready. love of all is mine since you laid down your life the greatest sacrifice majesty majesty your grace has found me just as I am, empty-handed but alive in your hands. Majesty, majesty, forever I am found by your love. And the presence of your majesty. Here. 
that you give forgiven so that I might forgive here I stand knowing that I'm your desire sanctified by glory and body of Christ keep you in eternal life. Amen. And the blood of Christ keep you in eternal life. Amen. We'll pray this prayer together. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us grace and opened the gates of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the Spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us, so we and all your children shall be free, and the whole earth live to praise your name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. After this final blessing, uh, Unusually, we're not going to have a final song or hymn. Uh, after this final blessing, I invite you to leave quietly in an attitude of prayer. And so may God create in you and me a clean heart, a transformed heart, a heart that knows and seeks and loves the justice and mercy of the Lord, May you and I accept the gift of salvation, not your personal possession to be coveted, but his work, accomplished in the destruction of sin on the cross of Jesus Christ. And may you, may I, humble yourself before the Lord, coming before him with a broken spirit, a contrite heart, 
receiving from his hand great compassion and unfailing love. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon you and keep you this night, now and always. Amen. So we go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. In the name of Christ.